it's called subtext for a reason. You know? Yeah, yeah, but it's it's weird. But once again, it's I think it's one of those fascinating things about movies itself and what it does right. to us and how it makes us think on different levels beyond what the director, the writers, or any of these people were actually right. thinking, and just what we take from it and yeah, and we, sure. we go with it. So yeah, it's That's a lot. Why of fun. I can't watch the live action version of Where the Wild Things Are. <laughs> I've never done that myself either, but yeah, I think it would bring it's back cathartic. some, some childhood terror right there. Hi, this is Dee Wallace, and you're listening to Children of the Atoms. Hello, everybody. We're back. Mm-hmm. Happy Halloween. Yeah, right? The season is officially here. Well, I guess we've been in the season, but the, yeah. the day is actually here. The day is finally here. It's a big day, like you'd never know it in the stores because all the Halloween stuff is already gone. It's already all Christmas. Yep, yeah. There's nothing but Christmas. Did, I mean, where you're at, I mean, did it like start like that two weeks ago where yeah, they were basically. just like had the Halloween section as that, that yep. sort of thin out? They just started putting Christmas stuff. Like there was Christmas candy with the Halloween candy. Yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah, I don't get it either. <laughs> I mean, how much of a jump do you really need on that season? They're just blasting through, man. Like, I don't even know, like, Black Friday is not really a thing anymore, right, as far as shopping goes. Like, that's just, it's done. Yeah. Right? Well, it's, it's, it's. I mean, I, I still get it for some random big electronics that I want to buy, but that's about it. Right. Yeah. And that's only if I can find what I want. Right. Which I can't always find, so, you know. I think the only thing I'm looking forward to coming up here in a couple of weeks is we got Wakanda Forever finally coming out. That is like, that's, finally getting here. I'm not, I don't know if I'm ready for the emotions that movie's going to conjure up as far as saying goodbye to Chadwick Boseman uh, you know, and all that. It's going to be it is his, be rough. It is his farewell movie. I mean, well, I mean, he's not yeah. in this movie, but it's a. I, I do feel like a good portion of this movie is going to be you know dedicated to saying goodbye to him, which yep. I he rightly deserves because he's a phenomenal actor beyond yeah. the superhero genre. I mean, stuff a lot of stuff of you know a lot of movies we don't talk about on this podcast that he does. The guy just had tremendous range he could do anything for uh, sure it's, it's a, a huge loss if you are a any kind of movie fan i mean he's yeah just, he was great and now i gotta cry in public no shame in that though <laughs> in a couple of weeks yeah i know there's no but i just you know i'm trying to get the mental headspace like it's coming yeah coming in a couple of so weeks. are you gonna go see it in theaters oh yeah, yeah this, this, this is, is this is theater, theater worthy huh? for sure. yeah for sure gotcha yeah yeah, I haven't haven't decided yet if I will be in the theaters to see it, but I'm. Oh really? Yeah, it's. I probably got to do it. Yeah, because it's it. You, this you is can the do it like a matinee sneak away. Yeah, like this is. Movie. I mean, because this is one that I've been looking forward to. I remember when we were talking about Thor: Love and Thunder, and you know the build up to that, and it was like, no, 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 no. I just, I, I don't want this. This one, yeah, like. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've been really ready for this one like I was for when Doctor Strange was coming out. Like, I was ready for that one to come out because it was a brand new direction for Marvel. And I think this is going to be kind of a brand new direction for just this chapter of the Marvel films. You know, unfortunately, like I said, we, we have to say goodbye to Chadwick. But, you yeah. know, who's going to take that mantle? I'm, I'm excited to see because I haven't, I haven't heard nothing about this yet. Nobody's the, releasing anything. The heavy favorite seems to be uh, Shuri. Taking up the mantle. That's but been my suspicion they, as well. In, in the latest snippet, they showed two different Black Panther helmets, like side by side. So that could be her, her helmet next to uh, T'Challa's as like a, you know, just like a, a Batman honoring like fallen, you know, yeah, 
fallen previous heroes kind of thing, or there'll be more than one person suited against Black Panther in this. Do you think though? Is that like that? I still want to. I'm holding out for this. Do you think they could have like a multiverse Killmonger come back and don the suit, but in, th- in that universe, like he's a good guy, not a bad guy? No, because w- with the introduction of uh, of Namor in this, the, he's he's a mutant, so they're going to lean more into the mutant side of this. So we're not going to see anything multiversal. Like if there's there's only one post credit scene that's confirmed for this, um, so that could be where they dip more into like the the Kangy like you know Secret Wars multiverse yeah. kind of thing. This one is going to th- be completely self contained to Wakanda. Basically, is my feeling. Interesting. I yeah. would have figured because I I would love to see Michael B. Jordan come back, but as the hero this time, <laughs> I, I think it'd be too much. Like maybe like you know another movie down the road, like it's Secret Wars, he could show up as a Black Panther and it'd be like, oh my god, it's the multiverse. Like you know that'd be something pretty cool. But I think in this movie, it's just you know it's gonna be Shuri. Yeah, I I, I think that's if I was a betting there'll man, there'll be no overshadowing that whatsoever. Plus you know uh, we're gonna meet Ironheart, like see her suited up in this finally and all that, Riri Williams and all that. So there's. They're doing a lot of good introductions into this, like characters who are pretty important in the larger stories coming forward. So all these characters are basically going to converge when it comes down to Secret Wars. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. Even these these young Avengers, right? They're they're all going to be a part yeah. of that. And for sure, the young Avengers are definitely coming, especially now with the with the trades confirming that they're working on a Vision Quest series right now, and strong indicators that uh, Wanda will be in that series as well. Well, I'll go for that. I like her character. She's great. Yeah. <laughs> she's creepy, scary, fun. Yeah. She's got but everything. That's going to do some legwork too, depending on how they go. Like, you know, are they going to try to recover their multiverse kids somewhere? Like, how is that? What's going to follow up that from that going to be like, you know, who the fuck knows, but either way, like there has to be more of a lean into the young Avengers from here. Like they <sighs> can't, they have, they're going to have to be a bit of a team before like secret wars, right? Unless they form in secret wars and then like, Young Avengers is the first movie to come out of Secret Wars. I don't know. Because Secret Wars is still, it's still three years away, right? There's a yes. lot. There's, <laughs> there's a lot, lot of stuff of in between, go, yes. Yeah. And I don't think they have that many unannounced projects. Not unless they start doing more of these one-off Disney Plus specials, which seems to be what they're looking to do for yeah. a few properties now. Yeah, I think that's going to be a big part of it. It's probably a little bit less risk, you know, putting some money up and putting them on to TV as it is yeah. to having to worry about distributing it through the theater system. Right. But man, I, don't, I just, do I have the patience for it? I don't know. We're going to see. It's. I think the supernatural stuff you'll definitely be into, like all the werewolf ghost rider shit and like, you know, Blade and, you know, the, the Young Avengers stuff, probably not so much. But all the Secret Wars things, there'll be some intriguing things to see in there and all that. Are you, have you watched, started She-Hulk yet? No, no. Still, okay. still haven't gotten on She-Hulk. All the episodes are available. I recommend you watch it. That good, huh? So they're. It was yeah. It was it was well worth the time. Okay. Yeah, and, I'll and, work it. And, and not for nothing too. I mean, it's uh, the series finale itself is one of the one of my more favorite finales of of the Marvel age. It's just it's really well wow. done. It, it really upset a lot of fanboys. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. What is it? The end of Hulk or something? Come on! No, 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 <laughs> okay. no, no, nothing like that. Like it's just you know they, I, I don't, I, I really cared for it. I, I thought it was quite entertaining. Okay. And, you know, not for nothing too. Like everybody else, like it was, it was good to see Daredevil back. Yeah, so he, he makes it. Uh, that makes sense though, right? He's a, he's an attorney. She's an attorney. Yeah. 
Yeah. And he's his most like daredevil e basically like he's flipping around everywhere, dude. It's fun. It's so amazing. Same same guy, right? From the Daredevil yeah, series Charlie and series, and in yeah. uh, Spider Man No Way Home. Yep. Yeah. In uh, his series, they're starting filming that pretty soon. Daredevil: Born Again. Him and Vincent D'Onofrio are the only two confirmed cast members coming back so far. But I got to imagine that. The people who played Foggy and Karen will be, from Netflix will be back as well. Do I? Okay, so do you think that I am going to have to watch the original Netflix Daredevil series to get into this new one? Or is this new one supposed to be just a fresh start? I think you should have to watch it for your soul. Like for your heart and all that. Like, it's, <laughs> it's required it's watching. It's really well done. But yeah, that first season of Daredevil, dude, that, it's top tier entertainment. Like, there is... It's amazing. I mean, it would have helped, yes, when I was watching, like, Hawkeye and all that stuff. We know when yeah, D'Onofrio's yeah. character comes in, the, the kingpin comes back. Which Man. I, I knew of him only because I, I'm aware of, you know, the universe. But, yeah, I had no mm. idea of, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio's version of him. As He's terrifying on Daredevil. <laughs> he's purely terrifying. Ugh. Well, tis the season, right? <laughs> yeah, man. It's but That's why, I like, to see... Like, I don't know if Daredevil fully from Netflix is canon canon or if it's a multiverse wink to where we're familiar with the kind of stories Daredevil has been involved in. So we can just move on from there kind of thing. They haven't confirmed that yet. So seeing the different version of Fisk in Hawkeye, you know, you could see how maybe he ended up there. But the the version that we're going to see in Daredevil, Daredevil Born Again, I would hope would be more akin to the version he was on Netflix because he was... So dangerous. In the well, Netflix if they're show. listening to fans, I, I would hope they would go there. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> sometimes I give them a little bit too much credit if they're... Right. But no, uh, yeah, She-Hulk was ridiculously entertaining. And also, uh, Star Wars has put out a couple of new things. I know Andor has just been... Yeah. It's, it's been getting better and better for me Like I, with each episode. So you've been keeping Man, up. I've, I've been waiting. I've, I'm waiting until they all drop before I, I roll. Are you really? Yeah. I feel how are you avoiding spoilers? Well, I mean, I guess like how much could you really be spoiled on a technical bag? That's <laughs> yeah. being the early days of the rebellion. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's going to be a lot that I would get spoiled on from that show. That's fair. Because um, yeah. I, I started watching the first episode and it's a slow burn. I can, I will. I, I already know that much about it. Yeah. I'm. So I'm giving it. I'm giving it as due, which I kind of feel like I'm going to have to because I feel like it's. It is going to pick up. You know. Oh yeah. Once it starts going, because I do love the character. I because. Let's face it, it's, I, I rank Rogue One as one of my more favorite versions of the Star Wars universe, you know, so mm-hmm. I think it could be good, and I'm, I'm kind of excited to get started on that one. I, I, I think the season, first season finale is this upcoming week, I think. Oh, yeah. wow. And, and you, so you, you've been watching week to week every week they drop? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> as soon as I, it's done. Yeah, th- this show, I didn't think I would care about it as much as what I do, because you know how much more could the how much more intriguing could the story get but man it's they've done a fantastic job with it like i i look forward to it every week it's weird isn't it how if you just come up with some original characters and don't try to include everything that's going around (laughs) in the other movies how it can be entertaining yeah it's weird right it's so good man. yeah who would have thought you know yeah and they're answering questions like that i've always had and i'm sure other fans have had as well about like other aspects of life in the galaxy and you know in empire controlled cities and just it's just man it, it it's a well 
it's a well welcomed addition to the canon, like filling in little holes here, there, and like the overall story itself has just been ridiculous. Like the performances are amazing. Well, I I'm glad that it's finally because I you know I I'm on record as has been clamoring and yelling from the rooftop saying yes, just tell me an original story, and I'll go with it. I don't need to have a Jedi in every story. You know, that's yeah. I think that's why I really enjoy Mandalorian because I. From what you're describing, it sounds like that's it's the same story mode. I'm I'm learning something about a different part of the galaxy, a group of people I didn't know nothing about, but they're living in a world of occupation and how they're going about their day and trying to either fight it, live with it, whatever. I will go with it. It's enjoyable. That's it exactly. Yeah. It's uh it'll be one I, I watch again too. It's just I don't know how long of a delay there will be. Like, I don't know if Andor season two is coming out next year or not. I know it's already confirmed, but it's going to be a long wait <laughs> until that second season well, drops. Well, these are high production value television shows too, so it does take a while to produce them. Yeah, that's true. And it's only going to be the two seasons. Like, a, a second season is going to end right where Rogue One basically starts. Okay, okay. So, well, I guess... Because we, because if you remember in Rogue One, I mean, we that's where the movie kind of starts off, right? I mean, we we're yeah. with Andor as he's yep. trying to get away, and you know, yeah, he's got to blast a couple of people, a couple of spies. Yeah, and this is how Andor basically joins the rebellion, how the rebellion officially starts. Like that's the premise of the show itself. Hey, yeah, it's great geez. story because that's a, that's what you need. That's what I mean. For all the flaws that George Lucas has ever had, at least he wanted to tell that story. <laughs> but it, but then he had to cut it out because it was made the movie too long. You know, the third one. Yeah. But yeah. So show me show me the origins of that. That's what I want to see. I because it's it's unique. But you're telling it from a from a point of view of a character I know nothing about. That's I would love that. Give it to me. Right. Oh man, speaking of, I know you don't you're not really up on Disney animation, but Tales from the Jedi their uh, their newest series just came out. It's a uh, it's basically Count Dooku's fall from the light, and you know, to the dark, like his rise to the dark side. It's it's really good, and it's all it's, it's all going to so be good. it's all canon, right? Since it's all Disney it's all produced. canon, yeah. Even uh, for the grown up Qui Gon, like Liam Neeson, even you know his voice is even in there and shit. Hmm. And you got Ashley Eckstein back as Ahsoka, and yeah, it's it's pretty good. Interesting. So okay, now animated. Because I haven't, like I said, yeah, I haven't, I haven't looked at this yet. I kind of forgot about right. it. It kind of fell off my radar. Um, is it animation in the sense of like it's Clone Wars animation? Yes. Okay, so it's it's just like that. It's not like yeah. uh, the Marvel's What If and all that kind of stuff. No, the rotoscope no, and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, it, it's really good. Like I was, they're, uh, they're, they're short episodes, like not, you know, not a one longer than 20 minutes kind of thing. Good. But man, it's, it's really good. Like it fills in a lot of holes. Like how did Camino get erased from the Jedi archives? And it just, it fills in a lot of nice little holes and it just, there's interactions there. Oh, and uh, Ian McDormand is, is Palpatine in the series. And yeah, it's, it was pretty good. I didn't expect it to be as entertaining as what it was, but it was pretty fun. I actually good. can go with that if they're going to make it canon and they're going to use it as a platform to just fill in plot holes. Yeah, I don't have a problem with too that. how Ahsoka had survived, you know, uh, Order sixty six as well. So. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, okay, yeah, I, I I will go with that, especially if it's yeah short twenty minute episodes. I could probably yeah. just like sneak one in and just watch it and then go okay. Ooh, dude, and, and and they fully cover what happened to to Yaddle too. Damn, really? Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> Harsh. <laughs> that bad? Like I sat up, I went, "Holy shit!" <laughs> like I can't believe that fucking just happened. Jesus. I know it was so surprising. Uh, 
Yeah, well, <laughs> I figured that, that the character was killed anyway, just in the purge. But I guess. Not. Oh yeah, yeah, but yeah, it would. She got struck down so just like out of nowhere. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I guess they. I guess this one series won't be one that ever tackles the history of the Yoda characters. No, I doubt it. Is like, that it, it's all, Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, is that just the unwritten rule in Star Wars that like the one character just has to remain completely ambiguous is what the history of the Yoda characters are? Well, I mean, it's funny you bring that up because uh, Yaddle, she, uh, oh my God, it, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard uh, mm-hmm. did the voice for Yaddle in, in in the series, and she doesn't speak like Yoda. Like she speaks normally. Yes. Like with a you know light British accent, so you know she's a good guy kind of thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, the, like the the Yoda the Yoda speak is completely absent. I guess that's good because they kind of overdid it when they when they made the. Uh, the it might have been a bit overkill that. to had to to hear someone else speaking like Yoda. Like Yoda just it would have sounded lame. But now I have so many more questions about Yoda. <laughs> yes. Yeah, what is he? Is he on the spectrum? Is he something weird? <laughs> well, was yeah like. When did his manner of speaking, like, how did it come about? Like, I I want to know now. Like, you know, fucking tell me something here. Yeah, and then is baby, is Grogu going to be speaking like that? Or is he going to be? I doubt it. I guess he can't because he's, he's around humans. He's not really around uh, yeah. Yoda. Yeah. So Grogu might just, you know, speak. <laughs> it just gets worse. Maybe, maybe they're doing that just so they can create more episodes, more TV shows. Yeah, because, I mean, it would... It'd get pretty annoying hearing, like, a, a younger Yoda just, you know, talk. Like, it'd be pretty old on The Mandalorian after a while, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're going to get some Mandalorian soon next year here. I mean, we're... Oh, yeah, when is that release date? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, that was... Mando Season 3, February. Yes, okay, because I knew February was in there somewhere. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Train of thought here. Where was I? I don't know, February 2023. Yeah. Oh, uh, so speaking of, we uh, we got the first trailer for Quantum Media finally, like the, the yes. official one. It was uh, it was a bit different than the one that leaked. Like, I don't know if you saw like the one that leaked out or anything from Comic-Con and all that. But I did. Was... Okay, you did. So so you know that Kang basically admitted to have slaughtering an untold amount of Avengers beforehand. It doesn't really give a fuck about Ant-Man whatsoever. Yeah, well, because even yeah. in this one, doesn't he, doesn't he ask, have I killed you before? No, in this one, he just, uh, he asks him, like, if he wants to take the deal, basically, and do a heist. Oh, okay, yeah, I guess I'm but, kind but of mashing them together. Man, yeah. So he lets him know he already knows who he is. Yeah. So, yeah. okay, yeah. In, in this trailer, they cut out they cut out the threat to Ant-Man's life. Well, I mean, but I think, like, you, you've called in the past, like, this is probably one where, where Ant-Man may die, right? He's got to. Yeah. There's no way he can make it out. Or, or he and along with the other characters out there are just going to be stuck in the quantum realm stranded there until such time as the next Avengers movie comes out where they need him and he can show nah, up. That's lame. Like they, they, in order to bring on stature, like the young Avenger, like the new Ant-Man kind of thing, like, yeah, sorry. No, you, you, Scott Lang, the real character has to go. Yeah. The real question is, is, is Paul Rudd done with the character? Does he ever want to play this character again? <sighs> I, I think he would maybe in like a secret wars kind of like pop in spinoff maybe or something like that, but they have to like, They've already established that Loki, as powerful as he is, is terrified of the non-murderous version of Kang he encountered. So this is actually a version of Kang the Conqueror we're seeing in the Quantum Realm. He has to decimate Ant-Man. It's, it has to be brutal. 
Well, like I think there's gonna, going to be he's gonna beat the absolute shit out of Ant Man. I think there's gonna be a lot of that, as, especially as the storyline goes on. As, yeah, <laughs> because as as like those leak trailers did state, you know, yeah, he's killed multiple Avengers. He can't even right. keep up with the ones he's killed. So, does that mean that he is going to kill off some of the actual Avengers here? So it's a good way for like Marvel Studios to let people out of their contracts and say, look, we, you're too expensive. We're going to kill your character off. You just right. you get beat by Kang. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. To wipe the board of everybody. But then again, for maybe like the Secret Wars kind of movie, like they could also like, is there anyone you'd want to see back like a different, w- would it lessen like Black Widows and Iron Man's deaths from Endgame if another version of them popped in for Secret Wars? Yes. From, another, from the multiverse. For Black Widow, I think it does. I think <clears throat> hers was very hard hitting mm-hmm. it was a very it was like the hero self-sacrifice i really like yeah um of course i would love to see steve rogers come back oh um, there we go because he never really died he just got old so That's if he true. showed up as a young version of himself from another universe i wouldn't really have a problem with that It'd be a lot of fun um you know tony stark once i think he's much like blackwood i don't think you could bring him back i don't think i don't think that robert downey would ever want to come back boy it, it would it would it would cost them a mint oh man yeah to get him back and just I, for one minute honestly yeah i think he's he's just a a guy that's like yeah i don't want to be that character forever like i just i right. want to do other stuff so yeah. yeah i don't think he would come back even if they just offer him the truck i mean how much money does one person need when they I mean, from what he made on those last two Avengers movies, I don't think he would ever need to come back ever again. I mean, just just the royalties alone on that thing. Well, shit, what did he make for um, for Spider Man Homecoming? Wasn't it like a million dollars a minute, basically? For, I don't know. It for was screen time I mean, or something ridiculous. Yeah, to show up on set for maybe half a day. <laughs> I mean, shit, if that. Yeah, if. I. I mean, the guy. The guy it just cost a fortune to get him there, and he knows it. But yeah. Who knows? Maybe, maybe he's got thirty houses that he needs to make a <laughs> a house payment on, and says, "Hey, okay, I'll, I'll come he back might. for twenty minutes." Yeah, I think. Uh, damn, considering like I know Wakanda Forever is going to have some, it's it's going to stir some serious emotions. You're, you're going to feel a lot of sadness, like you know, saying goodbye to T'Challa and all that. But I, I think it'll end on a happy note. To where it's not Marvel formulaic, but you know there's hope. Like it ends on a new hero, like dawning on a new day, kind of thing. So you you feel inspired by it. But I'm not I'm not getting that sense from Ant Man and Wasp Quantum Media whatsoever. That one's gonna end as a total fucking like, for lack of a better compare, you know, uh, on an empire kind of. There note you go. I was just gonna everyone, say the same everyone thing. Everyone is gonna be beaten to shit, and you know we're doomed is, yeah. is how the movie's going to pick this up. This is the first yeah. one where you get to, you're going to be seeing actual evil Kang. So, yeah. and you have to understand how strong he is, mm-hmm. uh, to, to get us there. It's even though this one came much later in the series, it's kind of like watching Hulk go up against Thanos and Thanos just beating the shit out of Hulk. Dude. So I think, but I think this is going to be 10 times worse because Kang is like the ultimate evil. Like Thanos, it makes Thanos mm-hmm. look like just nothing, right? I mean, he's just a speck. Yeah. So yeah. this. Oh, and yeah. Dr. Doom, too. Like, rumors in it, we might be, we're going to be meeting Dr. Doom in one of these next two movies, also. Well, that makes sense if they're bringing out the Fantastic Four again. So, yeah. It, it has to happen somewhere. God, if there's anybody who could do it right in live action, it's got to be Marvel, right? Like, they. <laughs> I don't know, man. The history of the Fantastic Four is not good. Oh, it is it's not, not good right? at all. 
There's... But I guess even like even if it comes out and it sucks, like how could it be worse than what they already did? So by default, it's got to be better. Well, I agree. If the bar is sitting on the floor, it's not that hard right. to step over it. Yeah. But that's what I thought about this last iteration they were supposed to do with Michael B. Jordan, you know, and everybody oh, else. Man. I thought I thought this was yeah. supposed to be the one that was going to kind of push it above and and kind of revitalize it, but it didn't. It just. Mm-hmm. To, for, but for me, that's that's not hard to do because I don't really like the characters. I don't know. It's probably because I don't know enough about them, but the stuff that I have seen. They I, are kind of lame. Yeah, I mean, I'm just not interested in their mm-hmm. in their dynamic. It's just I would yeah. rather see other superheroes. But I'm this this will be their one last chance. I because honestly, if they fail here, I don't think Marvel will ever go back to them. I think they'll just kind of wipe them no. out and just say, no. yeah, we will let you know them sit on the council of whatever they call them you know the brainiacs there and then, <laughs> and just yeah, go from it's there. all going to be down to casting like even before the movie even begins filming if they get the casting on the fantastic four wrong nobody's gonna give a shit yeah i mean this is like they, they got to move on from krasinski like it was fun like his little fan cast moment like in in dr strange and all that but he can't he, he can't be reed richards <laughs> In the fucking movie. I don't know. Like, I, I have a feeling they, they could ask him again and say, hey, do you want to oh. put the tights back on and just and do it? Jesus. Because he's a, he's a known person, though. He's he, He's got wit. We know he's got some comic chops, but he also does oh. action now. So he would be a good person that they could get for it. Question is, does he want to do it? But Well, and, all, and not for nothing, too. I mean, given his age also, like he's starting at an older age at what Downey did. So I don't think he wants to be playing a superhero into his 60s. No. And it's and he is another guy that's not hurting for money. The royalties on the for office sure. alone. I mean, the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the syndication money that he gets for that. I mean, he's set for oh, life, yeah. so it doesn't really matter. But, True. yeah, it's a, it's a matter. It's kind of like when, when characters do this, they'll do this... Um, you know, because maybe they got kids that really want to see them play a superhero, that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, remember, like, we talked about Masters of the Universe and Frank, Frank Langella played Skeletor because his kid loved Masters of the Universe. So he yeah. he wanted to do that because a thespian like that would not n- normally just say, oh, yeah, let me put a bunch yeah. of this makeup crap on me and and play this lame canon film. Raul Julia as M. Bison. Another <laughs> Jesus. Example. That's, and that is such a sad story, too, because that was his last know, film man. that he ever yeah. got to do, and it was that garbage. I, I do have a soft spot in my heart for that movie, though. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> it's, you know, it doesn't have its moments, but it's there's some charm to it. If, if, yeah, I, I know you did the air quotes there, right? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, could you hear it? I yes, you, it. you could hear okay. him swishing right by you, because, yeah. yeah, charm is a... Far stretch. Oh, it's got a lot of flies. It's, it's got, got a lot of flies. It's got Van Damme. What else do you got to say? But I think. Well, I mean, he's. It's not his worst movie, but it, it, you know, it's it's up there. Once again, the bar is on the floor. So yeah, okay, that's that's pretty fair. Because <laughs> he's done a lot of shit. He's like he. I guess he's a, he's a step above Seagal, right? Oh, dude, he's he's leagues above Seagal because not for. Not for nothing, but Van Damme still kind of gets after it. Like, you know what I mean? He's still... He, his action scenes aren't cut, like, every split second to make it look like he's moving. Like, Oh, and also, Van Damme stands up in his fight scenes. I don't know if you realize that today. Like, Steven Seagal does not stand up anymore for Yeah, because he's, like, 300 pounds. So. Yeah, he's he's fully sitting. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> this one took a turn. Okay. Oh, man, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, you're the one who watched another one of his movies, so... I haven't. It was just that one. Like, I wanted to see what it was like, and I was like, yeah, that was a mistake. 
Yeah. One day, one day, what we will have to do is just do like a go back and just look at some of his like classic stuff because there's some garbage out there, but it's entertaining at least. I'm trying to think of his most entertaining garbage movie for me. It might have been Under Siege, maybe. Uh, I go Hard to Kill. I think that's as ridiculous as it can get. Was that the one where he was the where he grew up with with the mafiosos? No, no. He was a cop. No, that's Or was that the one where he was uh he was an agent that he was maybe killed but he was in a coma for a while? Yes, yes, with with Kelly okay. LeBrock. Yes, that was That's it. the Thank one. You. Yeah. Yeah. William Sadler plays the bad guy in that one, so. It's always really? entertaining when he's on there, yeah. Yeah, he plays the senator. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> yep. It, like I said, it's got some charms. I think that's where he was like, at, well, Under Siege, I think, was at his peak. But, I mean, that was that was like, right, it's right as he was getting to the apex there. I could hear the air quotes wishing when you yes. said that. <laughs> Thank you, you very much. Yeah. It's hard to give that guy some credit. but I... Man, it is very difficult, yeah. <laughs> William Sadler, like, I, I fucking, I, I quite like his work. I do like his work. He's, out, he's entertaining, yeah. I mean, but Die Hard too, like for, especially because you know Christmas is coming up. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's, it's it almost is. acceptable. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that at the end of the show here about what we want to do. Oh man, yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> Some of the best worst movies ever made. Indeed. Oh man, and speaking of, we watched another one that was not to tip my hand, but I found quite entertaining. It was 1986's The Hitcher. Yeah, be, being that we are, this is a kind of a Halloween show because we, we we don't want to go through a Halloween release date and then say we didn't talk about horror. So yes, right. this this we, is one that I was looking forward to seeing too. We started with you know with the newest Halloween and all that, and there, there was some <laughs> you know there's been some other things to watch, but this one here was it was a horror movie that I had been familiar with, but I never really sat down to watch before. Me too. It, like I remember as a kid, like going to the video store, and you'd see the tape there, and it's right. it's the same thing you see. It's it's uh, see Thomas Howell's eyes, yeah, in the rearview yeah. mirror, and then the hitcher's just standing out there, and you always wonder what the hell this is, but never seen it, never ever got never around seen to seeing it. it. Yeah, and it, it, there's no like there's no slack in this movie whatsoever. Like it's, it's runtime is 97 minutes and that's a tight 97. Yeah. There is no dragon. You can't pause to take a thought at this movie because they don't want you to think and ask questions. They're just blasting right. No, because there's a lot of questions you would be asking if, if you had time to stop and breathe. Like, yeah, this is a, if I, if I could just describe it, it is just like ratcheting up, ratcheting up and ratcheting up, (laughs) ratcheting up the action until you just get to the very final climax where you don't get that tension release really until the end of the scene, the end of the movie, right? It just, yeah. Like normally, right? like, normally you have, yeah. you know, your three act structure where you're going to, you know, you're building the characters in the first <laughs> act and building up to the problem. And then uh-huh. you, the problem equates in that's where you've ratcheted up. And then the second act is, okay, our characters are at their lowest. You got to figure out a way. And then the third act is, yes, the resolution, the denouement. Yep. This movie doesn't feel like that at all. <laughs> no, yeah, there's no ratchet. Like it's all it's all constant uphill, like on the roller coaster. Like there's no tip until like the last eight minutes of the movie. Lots of craziness. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's just uh, start and see Thomas Howell and, and, <laughs> and Rutger Howell. See Thomas Howell, he's a, a young man, Jim Halsey. He's a uh, I had to we had some discussion as far as what his job title was. Basically what happens was is he was driving someone else's car from state to state. 
he called it a driveway like it was a common term back then. Like we weren't familiar with it because you know we weren't adults in the eighties, so <laughs> yeah, we had to look that shit up. But he's basically a car delivery driver, man. And as he's going along, as you would want to do through West Texas, he stops and picks up a very dirty-looking large gentleman who's played by Rucker Hauer. Oh, and as soon as he gets guy. in the car, like instantly, I'm thinking, like he looks just like the Kurgan. <laughs> okay, that's a good call. I would go with that. He filled the entire side of the car, long trench coat. He is just dripping wet because obviously it's rainy, it's nighttime, so you know it's all the terror prerequisites are being met right now for the, this setup in this movie and mind you like see thomas Howell, he's maybe driving in the car by himself for like eight seconds and before he stops and picks up record howard yeah this movie like it starts hitcher. that quick yeah um, it starts right off which i can i can go with though though this makes sense so i i don't know uh if you've ever been in on texas because this this was all filmed in west texas right out near el paso mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um if you've ever driven out there it is dry. It is just like that. Like there's nothing out there. Just stretches as stretches of miles of road with nothing really cool to look at. So I could understand <laughs> if you're driving around along this highway and you yeah. want to stop and say, yeah, I need to talk to somebody to stay awake. I get it. I get the urge to do that. Now, yeah, would I ever do that? Probably not. But I can relate. I've done that drive myself. It's, it's very long and ugly. Yeah. I mean, you know, in a different movie, that'd be Texas Chainsaw kind of terrible. Very much so. It will, and the Texas Chainsaw is very much like this. I now that you mention it, <laughs> it's very much like yeah, you're out there and you just see somebody on the side of the road and you're like, hey, let's lighten things up here and make things entertaining. Let's get somebody else into the group and talk. And oh man, yeah. Just usually never ends well for most of the people. So no, and and you know, oddly enough, Jim Halsey made the bad call picking up the, the hitcher because after. They're in the car, and, and C. Thomas Howell is trying to have a conversation with him. And I can't, I can't, Rucker Howard, like, he was giving very, if he was responding at all, his answers were very short. And very, he was very curt with yes. Jim, right? Yeah, very okay. laconic, just just real yeah. short answers. And, yep. yep and, yeah. And he, he's just, he's got this, I don't know, he's just got this thing about him where he's just, he's fucking scary looking. Like, yes, he, he it's is. Rutger. Hower. So if you've seen him in anything else this guy's done, he yeah. plays the most freaky, scary guy you can ever think. And I, what it is, it's his eyes. He's got like these piercing blue eyyes, you know, but I mean, he's just like Evil Lynn from Masters yes, of the Universe. But then, way, but then yeah. you combine that with his face that for some reason always looks sweaty and rubbery. It's just something unnatural about him. Like, and he's got like a, his grin too is pretty sinister when he wants. Yes, to be. like I his most famous role that I know him from is Blade Runner. You know, yeah. as he, he plays the replicant on there, and he is just a frightening guy there because there he looks artificial, but he's like, it's just <laughs> it's weird. But I mean, he yeah. he, he brought I, I think he brought a lot of that to his character into the uh, the writer character. Cause yeah, he's just frightening. He just he'll sit there and he'll just light up a cigarette like it's nothing in your car, and he's just talking and he'll say a few words, and then he just like, gets to it and just says, "Yeah, I don't." I or I, I think I think uh, Jim Halsey's character or Jim Halsey asks him like, "Where are you going to go? Where do I need to drop you off?" And he's like, "I don't know." You know, just like he's not giving him any yeah. direction. He's just like, "We're going here." And then he asks him. Yeah. I think he asks him finally, "What what is he going to do with them?" And oof. 
Well, no, they, because they're uh, what happens was is that as they're driving along, like Rucker Howard is being very scary. They they see there's a stranded uh, VW bug on the side of the road, which which passed Thomas, which passed C. Thomas Howell earlier earlier in the, the early opening credits. Earlier in the movie, yeah. So uh, C. Thomas Howell wants to stop and see if they're okay. Rucker Howard takes his giant Andre the Giant fist and puts on <laughs> Rucker Howard's leg and mashes it down. So he you know goes Just drives speeding by, yeah. right by the standard car. Yeah. At which point then. Uh, John Ryder is Rucker Harris' character's name. Ryder just basically says, like, I killed them. I'm going to kill you. He pops a switchblade, and uh, he, he starts daring Jim. He's like, I want you to stop me. Like, you know, he, he's basically daring Jim to to fight for his own life. And he puts that switchblade up to his eye. Now, apparently the, the, story, the story behind the scenes here is that was all ad-libbed by Rutger Hauer. So that was is it? genuine terror on the, on the face oh of C. God. Thomas Howell. Apparently, apparently, C. Thomas Howell was very afraid of Rutger Howard just on the set. Like well, he just he was yeah, freaked dude. out by him. Because I <laughs> That's yeah, fair. and I I get it too. Yeah, because I would be too. But I mean, yeah, yeah, you could tell though. Like yeah, apparently yeah. If if we believe what's on the online, yeah, that part yeah. was ad libbed and just scared the shit out of Rutger Howard and just so you you got a genuine performance from C. Thomas Howell. Jesus Christ! Yeah, that that whole scene where he's driving and he's just got the knife up to his face, man. It's it's pure terror because he's two inches away from him. It's a small car anyway, and he's just superimposing. And it's just, it, it's not a fun situation for C. Thomas Howell at no. all at this point. Of the well, movie. it's 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 not fun because it's just it turns so quickly because. Yeah. Unlike, unlike our standard horror films that we watch, there's usually a setup. You know, we learn the mm. characters and we, you know, we get to learn their flaws and their and their strengths, and yeah. you know, and then we get the build up to the character to the to the evil of the, of the film. Where this one, you just like you're introduced to it like in the first five minutes or ten minutes of this film, and saying, "Yeah, he's bad," and already C. Thomas Howell has got to do something to save his life. Yeah. Oh man, it's just and so like, like he, he, he gets right out of the car because he notices that uh, that writer's door is ajar. Yeah. So he basically just shoves him out of the car, out of the car like at high speeds and just keeps on trucking. And on, d- on down the highway, and right? I do love, I do love the uh, the response of C. Thomas Howell because he's just like celebrating. He's like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, I won!" Fuck you know, you. like yeah. like he's just like, "Yep, I'm going off my life now. That'll be a great story." Uh-uh. Right, because the rest of the story just gets crazy. Oh, it gets crazier. worse. Yeah, like it, it, if that would have been like a short, like you know, like a, a, a short little YouTube film for like seven, eight minutes, I'd be like, well, that was okay. You know, you'd be happy with that because you figure like he got away. He's gonna go to the beach in San Diego, and he's gonna open a surf shop, and he's gonna have the best life ever. This young man. Yeah. But then, <laughs> and like just minutes later, uh, <laughs> like the sun comes up and it's a lovely day, and as uh, Jim's driving along without a care in the world. A station wagon starts passing. Looks just like the family truckster from uh, from National Lampoon's. It's Vacation. another one that, that they set up earlier. It passed by yeah. his car. Yeah, and they're going. they're towing a boat. There's a couple of kids. They're they're playing with stuffed animals. And for some reason, you know, Jim is playing cops and robbers, like you know, finger guns to these kids and yeah. all that. And <laughs> with uh, you know, obviously, of course, you see a uh, like a stuffed animal pop its head up out of the back of the car, and it's playing a game with Jim. And Jim's you know, trying to trying to play back and all that, and then the teddy bear moves, and we're just presented with Rutger Hauer's giant, terrifying head. Like Ryder, uh, after he Undertaker sat up from the highway, got picked up by these poor people, yep. and you know, uh, instant terror fills C. Thomas Howell's face. 
Like he like the color drains. Like he is just all of a sudden in a panic. He's trying to get these people to pull over, pull over, pull over, pull over, and they just won't do it. At some point, he tries to like not nudge them off the road, but he ends up on the other on the opposite side of the road trying to warm at them, and then. A semi almost hits him, and that causes him to wreck a bit, and that's how the, the, he gets separated from the, from the vehicle, right? Yep. From the station wagon. And yeah, so he he ends up like I don't I don't remember exactly what happens because he, he takes off again as as you know to try to follow them. Eventually, catches up to the station wagon and finds the station wagon on the side of the road. Yeah, it's all bloody and shit, and it's bloodied up. We we yeah. see no sight of the kids, the parents, yep. anything like nope. that. So you know something mm-hmm. bad has happened, but there's no sign yeah. of Ryder. Yeah, and now see Thomas how it's like it's no more. Hey, I'm just beeline for California. I got to find someplace. I got to call the cops because there's a maniac on the loose, and we got to stop yep. him. Yeah. So what happens is uh, Jim finds a gas station, but it, what we assume to be like a. Like an abandoned gas station, basically. Yeah, there's always there always seems to be an abandoned like building. Like they always end up <laughs> in horror films for some reason because it didn't look that abandoned because it obviously had working gas pumps, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and like the doors were locked and stuff like that. I think like he couldn't get in to get to the phone and all that kind of stuff. But it looked pretty bad on the inside. There was trash. There's just you know there's plastic tarps blown everywhere and shit. Like you know it, it looked like a good, like a good setup for maybe like you know. A Michael Myers type to, to dwell in yes. for a while. Yeah, it's kind of like feels in between murder. It's a good murders. call. It feels like the same garage where Michael Myers got that over the jumper that he wears, you yeah. know, from the mechanic. Exactly. So then as Jim is walking through, he's then cornered by Ryder, who doesn't kill Jim, just throws him just throws Jim his keys from his own car and then uh and then leaves. Yeah. Right? Yeah, this is this is the one I want to or, talk no, about. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, uh, he, he yeah, throws he, him his keys and, and disappears. Yeah. So this right. is, this is the thing that's weird about Ryder, like who John Ryder is and, and what he is. Yeah, because there I've read a ton of stuff and I've tried to come up with my own conclusions on this. Uh, so I, I, I'm going to ask you once I kind of explain this is like what you think it is. But I mean, okay. is he a spirit? That just happens to show up because this guy randomly shows up throughout this movie. You're gonna, this is gonna be a continuing theme throughout this movie, where he's yeah. just randomly showing up, no matter where uh, Jim, Jim Halsey is. ends up, he's gonna show up there to terrorize him, or is he just a an incredibly smart uh, serial killer who's just mentally nuts and just the embodiment of evil? Yeah. Because, yeah, he just randomly will show up and do random things for no apparent reason. Like, throughout this whole movie, like, we 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 always, like, for most of our horror films, we understand that there generally is a motive to what the character is doing. What what motivates the killer? Uh, right. You know, we, we learned at the end of uh, Friday the 13th what was motivating, you know, the killer in that one. You know, mm-hmm. it was the death of her son. Or Freddy. You know, what was motivating Freddy? Or Michael Myers or any of these things. Right. This one, you you don't really get that. Like he, like every time he's asked that, he's like, "Oh, you figured out, you know, or right. I want you to stop me, or whatever." It's just these these vague, you know, answers to the question. We never really get an answer to what is. He's he's pretty noncommittal. Yeah. Wait. What what is it to you? What do you think he is? He like an evil spirit that that isn't seen by everybody else, or 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 what? Basically, uh, he's like. Uh, a clot of cigarette smoke mixed with mithril, and you, you, you toss in a dash of Nick Nolte, and I think that's how we get Rucker Hauer's character from fucking the Hitcher. Well, it's like you said, he 
he just appears. He's he's like the shark from Jaws. Like that, that's yes. the best character I could associate him yes. with because he just appears out of nowhere, causes nothing but fucking bloodshed and terror, and then he dips the fuck back out and then disappears. Minutes. Yeah, and then like you yeah. hear nothing about it and everything's calm. Right. Yeah. No one's ever heard of it. Like what giant shark? I don't know what you're talking about. Like so basically uh, after. <laughs> After Ryder leaves with the with the trucker, he comes back to the gas station where Jim is still at, crashes the truck into the gas pumps, and everything ex- explodes. Yeah, well, because he, he 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 flings a cigarette like like he's right. constantly. This is, I mean, I go with uh, my interpretation is yes, he is like just an embodiment of an evil person, you know. But I think I think it's more just the fact that there's a lot of plot holes in this movie that don't explain. I- how Rutger Hauer's character gets places, but yeah, like they never cover that all. He's basically just like a phantom. He disappears. But I think the the reason he picked Jim is because Jim is the one who got away. I agree with that. Like, yes. That's why he kept going after him because he's like, well, I well I didn't get to murder this guy and I can kill everybody else, so I'm gonna make well, his life worse. Yeah, I I think that he yes he's the he's probably the only victim that Rutger yeah. Hauer's run across that didn't sit there and beg for his life and not do anything about it. Because the, like we are saying, the only time he actually tells one person, he's like, what he wants somebody to do is to stop him. So I yeah. think we'll, we are to infer that Jim Halsey is the only person who did something and said, right. and so Rutger Hauer then takes it on as this, well, this is a game now. Because I right. want to see how far this guy is willing to go to save see, Thomas himself. Thomas is his survivor girl. He's like, yes. okay, he's going. Go. That is his now his mission. Because because Rutger Hauer, like I think I think his character is defined as I don't care what happens to me, I don't care if I die, whatever it is, I just want to test mankind. And I think he's found that in in Jim Halsey's character. Yeah, and yeah, he wants to pursue that and chase that high all of a sudden and say how far. Is this guy willing to go to save yeah. his own life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a so they have a few interactions. Like so, after the gas station explodes, Jim then ends up at a roadside diner with uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, her character Nash. She's a, a waitress trying to open a diner, and she lets Jim in. And he tells her the whole story, and he calls the cops and all that. Right? Is that that's yeah? So like, he yeah he gets he gets in there, and for some reason Jennifer Jason Lee just trusts him with everything and says yeah right, come on even in. though he's He's all dirty, covered in blood, screaming about someone being killed. I mean, Smell like a th- there's a lot of red flags. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Smells like gasolines and explosions. Yeah, there's a lot of indicators. Maybe why you should let him in, but she does. So she fixes him. He's in their washroom, getting cleaned up at this diner. She she fixes him like a burger and fries, trying to just be nice. And as this is where I have questions. Like as he's eating his lunch, he then amongst the fries, there's a severed finger. Yes. Right. Am I remembering that correctly? That is correct. Okay, and then as soon as he freaks out from eating finger fries, the cops show up and arrest him immediately. Yeah, so this is, it's a little weird. This is where those plot holes show up because obviously Ryder has caught up with him again and is there. He knows he's there. So so that's what we're supposed to understand is that Ryder is now framing Jim for his murdering spree? Well, see, I couldn't tell. I mean, this this is, yeah, like you said, it's murky here because, yeah, he calls the cops and the cops just say, hey, wait there. So what I took it as was the cops are just like cops in every other horror film. They're kind of bumbling idiots or Mm -hmm. just like they just do whatever they need to do to 
figure out what the problem is, right? So they show up and I think they just assume, well, you're the one who reported it. So obviously you're the one who committed the murders. So I, I believe right. the cops are aware that, yes, somebody is killing people. They found the bug. They found the, uh, uh, the station wagon. Station wagon. So they know something's going on. And they just assume, yep, this guy is the first lead we have, so we have to arrest right. him. Now, I, <laughs> I think they go about this the wrong way, you know, because they just, like, beat the shit out of him and, while oh, they yeah, arrest they, him. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, they did. I mean, being West Texas, what would you expect? Yeah, so, yeah there's, so they, no, there's no real reason for it. Like, it, makes, right. it doesn't make a lot of sense. I, I agree with you on that, why they just go from A to Z. Like, yeah, the guy who calls it in all of a sudden to, yes, he's the killer. It would have made more sense if they had said... You know, Nash called the cops and said, hey, I've got this weird right. guy in there who says, like, he's he's witnessed a murder or something. He doesn't seem yeah. right. Can we get somebody out here? That would make more sense, but it, it's For not sure. anything like that. Yeah. So the cops then j- drag Jim off to the, the police station. And during interrogation, it's then – we're then led to believe that uh, one of the cops there believes Jim. Like, he, he tells the other cops, he's like, that kid's never killed anybody kind of thing because he senses that Jim is just – uh, an innocent young man vastly in over his head with someone completely deranged. Played, and, played you know, by a character or a character actor I love, Jeffrey DeMunn. He he always shows up. He's like, he's a great television actor, but he shows up in a lot of like movies that I just randomly watch sometimes and I'll just see him. Great presence all the time. He's just a lot of fun. I think I would recognize him most from uh, The Green Mile or uh, The Walking Dead. Green Mile is a very, from. very good one to, to remember yeah. him from. Yeah, I don't remember him on... He was Dale Walking on Dead. The Walking Dead in the first two seasons. He was the old guy who drove the RV. He was, wasn't he? Yeah. I'll be damned. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, he just shows up in a lot of stuff that I've watched. And he's always just a a, a cool, calming presence when he's on screen. I just love it. He's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's very good. Uh, so then... Jim then falls asleep. Like, a, you know, the, the cops are instructed to watch him. He falls asleep in... in in, in the jail cell and he, maybe like for the first time he feels a bit safe being surrounded by cops and, yeah, you know, locked up too so you know he's locked up and things yeah. like that well after a bit of a nap he wakes up and there's something a bit off already his uh his cell door is unlocked you know there's phones ringing there's no noises nobody's answering him and that he just staggers into like the the main part of the police station to find <sighs> all the cops are just I guess shot up. They got, yeah, they got ridered to death basically. Like he, he came storming through like Michael Myers and just killed everybody. Rucker Howard. Well, it was even creepy though. Cause yeah, all like, the while, while Jim was dead asleep. Yeah. Like that, that's what's weird. Yeah. Like, like how did he not hear the gunshots? But what's even creepy? Right. Like I got creeped out, like watching this. Cause like he's walking down that hallway and he's all freaked out. And all you uh, see is the police dog running in. Right. And you're just like, yeah. Oh shit. This dog's uh-huh. going to chase him down. But the, the dog just looks at him. No, just walks on by, goes into the next room, and he's like, what the hell? And then all you hear is like, just like little, I don't know what kind of like slurpy sounds you're, you're hearing, and he's walking around. And then, God, he walks around that corner, and the dog is just like chewing away at, the, at that dead cop. Oh, man. that's right. Oh, it's just crazy. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, that because I, I always like heard those horror stories like, yeah, those people with with like cats or dogs and they die in their apartment, you know, and nobody finds them for a week, but, but to stay alive, like the cat will actually just like eat them or the dog will eat them. Yeah. But, um, but it takes a, a lot of time. They're not going to do it. Just yeah. instantly. dogs, especially because dogs are very, yeah. uh, very, uh, you know, attached to their owners yeah. where cats would, would, would probably do it a lot sooner. But yeah, right. it just, it just shook me back to that, like horror of that, of that thought and saying, like, Oh no, I don't want that to happen to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. So right from there, like, 
all of a sudden, like all the other cops that were supposed to come and get uh, Jim show up there. And Jim has to like sneak out the back door, takes a pistol with him and just takes off running into the desert. Yeah. Scary in itself right there. Yeah. So at a gas station, he runs into a couple of cops and he takes them hostage. And then, uh, no, no, no. You're, 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 did we, did we skip over the whole bus ride? No, that's coming up, isn't it? Is it? I keep, boy, man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the bus is coming up. Yeah. We haven't gotten a bus yet. Okay. <laughs> the, the bus scenario is still coming. Jesus. Uh, so as, yeah, the, 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 there wasn't a lot of time in this movie to ask questions because like, like it just, it just, we're ratcheting up. Like you'd think Jim being like locked up and taking a nap was a restful moment, but he was in there for like two seconds. Like, yeah, that's before, true. Like he yeah. wakes up and like, it was boom, boom. Like there was no like. It, there was no slow wind down into this scene. Like you barely had time to take a breath before it's like, oh, something else horrible is happening. Also, yeah. If anything, so that, they they let up on a little bit of the pressure, just a tiny bit, and then said, okay, yeah, I'm going to crank it back bit. up again. Yeah. So then, as uh, as Jim is trying to escape, like he's taking these cops hostage, he is, he's he's scrambling trying to figure out what to do. Uh, the cop that Jim talks to convinces him to surrender. As yes. he's on his way to surrender, <laughs> fucking Ryder pulls up and kills the two cops. <laughs> That Jim had taken hostage to try to negotiate his freedom with, and it at this point it's like, man, of of course, like that's what happened. It's just you, you think Jim's gonna get out of it. Someone's finally gonna listen to him. And you know, he we're all he agrees too. He's like he's ready to give brighter. himself up. He's he said, yeah. yeah, I'm fine with that. Let's just go. Let's get me off this Let, road. Let's and we'll, just we'll let's go. just get it done. Yeah, and Ryder <laughs> just pulls up and fucking In, just wreaks chaos again. Just yeah, he he's a hell of a shot with that handgun. I'll tell you what. He's man. amazing, right? We'll get fucking to it a little amazing. we'll get to it a little bit how how amazing he is. Oh, dude, yeah. Oh, you, are you talking about the final scene of the movie? <laughs> well, not the final scene, but uh oh, yeah, one of the yeah. one of the many scenes coming up. Suck, it's so incredible this guy. Uh So then uh at this point, Jim's at the end of his rope. The, the patrol car crashes, and he's kind of staggering around. He ends yeah, up he's, at, he's uh, stranded in the desert again. He's he, but he's really yeah. close to another uh, gas station slash another cafe. Rest stop. Lucky because apparently the desert in West Texas has nothing but old gas stations and cafes. In cafes, so, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. So then uh, he ends up sitting in this cafe, and Ryder just walks up to him and sits down. Right, like they they have a whole interaction yeah. scene here. This, at this is point in the cafe. This is where I kind of was going down a different theme of this movie. Uh-huh. So originally, what I was going with was this is you know the embodiment of evil, much like Michael Myers and stuff like that, and just a chase is on, right? And we believe yeah. that. This is where, and I, I've I wasn't the only one that went down this road, so I feel kind of good about this. Um, I kind of got like a. Like, this is almost like a, a homosexual kind of lover's quarrel kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, only because you go back to the first scene of this movie. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's just subtly brought up when he's when Jim is stopped by a construction guy. And the guy says, you know, hey, we're just a couple. And kind of gives him a, a kiss. And the guy's like all freaked out. Oh, Ruck, yeah, Rucker Howard does. Yeah, because his know. hand is down yeah. by his crotch. And once again, right. down here... It's the same thing. Like Rutger Hauer's got his hands underneath the uh, underneath there, underneath the table, and C. Thomas Howell's character's got that, and he's pointing a gun, like oh. that, and he's reaching out to that gun and stuff like that. So there's there's people who have read into that as a uh-huh. as like this is uh, you know a 
allegory of homosexuality and, and being scared of of like coming out of the closet kind of thing you know because like it was too, it, man. because it was yeah it was the 80s yeah. it was you know very much more stigmatized at that time aids was going mm-hmm. along around and people were blaming homosexuals for the aids epidemic so yeah. I, some people said that but the characters in the movie and the director and everybody said like that's not true it's not there people are reading into it but it's funny because i saw that you know too just just randomly so it's it's out there if you want to see that it's called subtext for a reason You're... yeah yeah but it's it's weird but once again it's I, I think it's one of those fascinating things about movies itself and what it does right. to us and how it makes us think on different levels beyond what the director the writers or any of these people were actually right. thinking and just what we take from it and yeah, and we, sure. we go with it so yeah it's That's a lot why of fun. i can't watch the live action version of where the wild things are yeah. <laughs> i've never done that myself either but yeah i think it would bring it's back cathartic. some, some childhood terror right there yeah for sure man you're gonna work some shit out so anyway yeah we find <laughs> anyway. out because oh because we talked about was uh rutger hauer had given or so he had given um c thomas howe's character a uh a revolver as well right no jim jim had the gun on him like during their interaction in, oh, the, in the second cafe but, the, but that uh, but that uh the revolver the he picks up empty. was always yeah. empty yes and rutger yeah, hauer rutger, knew it. rutger knows that jim's gun is empty so he dares him to shoot him then he's like you know your gun's empty kind of thing so as Rucker Harris obviously, or not Rucker Harris, C. Thomas Howell is obviously terrified when he realizes his his gun is empty and he's basically fighting the Terminator right here. So good, good comparison because I picked that up too. Yeah, Terminator is another movie. He, he, he knows he's gonna die. So what Rucker Howard does, like Ryder in just the creepiest fucking move, places a couple of coins on Jim's eyes. It's very oh, Greek. It's, you know what I mean? Oh man, and it's just like those dirty hands, man. And yes. it was just oh, because he because he licks his fingers those too to make dirty, them giant stick. fists. Yeah. Oh. oh, I'm just yeah. Rutger Hauer man, in this film is frightening. Just yeah, for sure. Oh man. But yeah, so, but he's basically promising Jim. He's like, you're gonna need these. Like telling him like, because that's you know. Yeah, this is the prophecy. You are going to yeah, die. like. The, yeah, like the coins for Karen, you know, the ferryman. Like he's gonna, if you want him to take your soul to the afterlife, like you know, you're gonna need these kind of things. Or, but not only does it's he also do an that, old west type thing too, where they did that. They, they oh, put yeah, the coins yeah, yeah. on the, the eyes. On the yeah. eyes. Yeah. Uh, so not only does he leave Jim with you know with a couple of coins for bus fare to maybe to call his mom or something, he also leaves him bullets. Yes. And he gets up and it just you know in a very Batman sort of fashion, just Ryder's just gone. So then Jim, uh, a bus pulls up to this uh, seemingly abandoned cafe. Jim grabs his bullets and his pistol and just beats feet for this bus. And he sneaks on this charter bus and, you know, we're, uh, we're led to believe that he might have gotten away again. Yeah, because he, he hides in the bathroom of the bus. The bus right. takes off. Everybody got back on. And then he just, like, as yep. the bus is going, he kind of slinks out and gets into the back seat, right? And just head yeah. down and just says, I'm just going to go as far as this bus is going to take me. Right. However, this is where the plot takes another turn. Is that on the bus, Jennifer Jason's Jennifer Jason Lee's character Nash, like the the waitress from the the two diners previous, is on this bus. Yeah. She's had enough of West she, Texas. Apparently, she's she, appa- well, I don't. Here. I didn't get that. Was she really? leaving that, or was she just like That's leaving how I work took it. because she took oh, a bus to fuck. work to get to that diner Shit. she was at? So Wait, I, so was that the same diner from the beginning? No, 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 no. I don't think it was oh. the same diner. Um, I have so many questions. But she was, cause, but she was on the bus. Like I was, I just took it as she was driving home. Like, oh. cause, like she didn't have a car, so she was just riding home. But 
I don't know. Once again, another plot hole that was just like she conveniently <laughs> shows up, yes, on this bus that C. Thomas Howell just happened to sneak onto. Yeah. Besides Rucker Howard, you know, cigarette smoke T-800. There's yes. so many questions in this movie. Yes. To behold. Anyway, so yeah, so Nash uh, sees Jim on the bus and he, does he kind of kidnap her at gunpoint? <laughs> Like, is that what yes. happens? Yeah, because she, okay. she she goes back to the bathroom. He kind of sneaks in right behind her and just says, hey, cool it. I'm on the bus. You know I'm innocent. Right. Let's just be real cool and sit out there. And like I said, for some reason, Jennifer Jason Leigh is just very cool throughout this whole movie. She's just like, takes this guy at his word. Oh, dude, it gets even weirder in a second because the, the police pull the bus over and Jim gives up right away. Like, he doesn't want to see anybody else get hurt. Like, especially if he's going to be involved. He's just, he's ready for it to all be over. Yes. He wants a thousand cops and walls and safety. So he gives up. But then Jennifer Jason Lee's character, out of nowhere, pulls a shotgun on the cops and, and rescues Jim. Well, and I, I can respect this call, though, because those cops were going to shoot him. Is like that they, what we're, we're being yes, led to believe? Yes. Oh, okay. They were like, like drop your gun, and then they were like, put your hands out and grab my arm or something like that. <gasps> That's right. Like he was, yeah, yeah, he was yeah. saying, like, you are going to do something that, that, that allows me to justify the use of deadly force. And right. Because cause they believe that he's the one who shot his his friends, the other troopers that the he kidnapped. Cops. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they're, they're looking for any reason, just blow Jim away. And that's when she steps in and says, uh-uh, this isn't going to go down this way. Right. You guys throw your guns away. We're going to go turn ourselves in to the real police or something. Right. So then, uh, yeah, she puts Jim in a patrol car, and so they take off. And so as, <laughs> and this, this as is where Jim it gets and nuts. Nash, this is so, so much weirder. Jim and Nash are in the one patrol car. They're being chased by other cops. Out of nowhere, here comes Ryder. In another car, who starts mowing down the police officers who are chasing Jim and Nash. And then it's, a police helicopter so shows up. Firing, like they're using automatic rifle shooting at uh, our heroes. Yeah. And this is where I said that, like, like Ryder is just an amazing shot. Because with a a revolver. A shooter. Yes. Shoots at the helicopter. Hits yeah. it just right. Then yep. it crashes and yep. blows up on the highway. Yep. Yeah, he does. And, and this is the last thing. Like, it was almost like uh, like old Grand Theft Auto to where like, there's a few cop cars and then there's a few bigger cop cars. And all of a sudden, like, oh, shit, we're, we're at five stars. Here's yes. a helicopter. And Ryder is just, he's taking them all out. Poor Jim and Ash, they're trying to help with the can. They're trying to take out Ryder as the cops are trying to take them out. But Ryder's taking everybody out. It is just fucking mass chaos. But once again, I'm asking myself the question. Is he actually a human or is he a ghost that nobody else is really seeing? Know. Because nobody's really reacting to him driving out in the desert, just coming Thank up you. to cut him off on the road. Mm-hmm. But yeah, nobody reacts to him. They're just like, oh, we're worried about our two heroes in the right. car right. and we're going to shoot at them and do everything we can to stop them. It's, like it's really weird. Nobody jumped on the radio like, does anybody see the steely-eyed son of a bitch behind us taking us out? Who's shooting at us? Him. Yes. Right. So I don't nobody know. Nobody cared. And then, uh, so the car acts like after the helicopter crashes, Ryder again just scampers off, like twisting his, twiddling his mustache, like Snidely Whiplash. He's fucking out again, like after causing more chaos. So then uh, Jim and Nash end up uh, at a hotel together. Yeah. And they're finally going to sleep for the night. And, you know, you think maybe they might be safe. But again, you'd be incorrect in thinking that uh, as, as Jim is in the shower. Ryder somehow sneaks into the hotel room <clears throat> and starts cuddling up with Nash because she thinks it's Jim. Yep. 
And she opens her eyes and realizes, oh shit, it's Ryder. Jim comes out of the shower. Nash is gone. He instantly thinks something's wrong. Uh, all of a sudden, the cops show up. There's a whole big to-do in the parking lot. That They come and get Jim. Who they want? They want Jim, who they now fully believe didn't kill anybody. They want him, Jim, to negotiate with Ryder because he has Nash kidnapped and in a terrible position. He has her split in between oh. uh, a large Mack truck and a trailer hitch. Yeah, and he's basically threatening just to 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 to, to rip her right apart. Like he's in the if he releases the, the, the clutch and, of that car, yeah, 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 the yeah. truck it's going to lurch forward and just in terrible. Yep. Yeah. So they the cops figure like let's send the kid in. With well, a gun to see, go I, there I don't necessarily think it's just that they were like, "Oh yeah, the cops got." Him. I think that uh, John Ryder asked for. Oh, did he? For his, I, I think that's Jesus. at least that's what I inferred from He's the. the devil. I don't. That's I don't think character. it says. He's yeah, the fucking devil in this movie. But but at the same time, like we know in the real world, like that would never happen. Like the cops would say, "No, we don't care what <laughs> right. you're asking for. We don't add or give you hostages." You know, hey, to man, bargain it's West with. Texas. You know what I mean? It's a wild west. Yeah, down there. West Texas in the eighties, right? They were just like. <laughs> they could have showed up riding tigers and llamas and shit, and be like everything's cool. But he gets go. he gets into the truck with Ryder, John, yes, Jim Halsey does. does, and this yes. is where like Rutger Howard gives Ooh. like the ultimate Spider Man test, right? He's like, you got a choice, you can right. either save the girl, or yep. no, it's like not even that. It's like you can kill me, yep, and you might save the girl, or but I don't. Well, I I, I guess I'm misreading this, right? Because I don't think he, there's a winning move here, right? Jim Halsey can't do anything because if he kills Rutger Howard. He's going to release his feet. Foot's going to come off the clutch and he's going to kill Nash. But wasn't that the hook, though? He was he was daring him to kill him, right? In order to not have Nash die? I, But yeah, but but Halsey points it out to him. He's like, look, I can't kill you because if I do, your foot's just going to come off the clutch and she's dead anyway. Yeah. Because Rudd Grower was just saying, just shoot me. Just, yeah, let's end this thing. Like, you, you want to... No, no, Ryder wanted him to shoot him. Like, yeah, I mean, oh, very yeah. much so. Yeah, because I yeah. think it continues. Ryder wanted Jim to shoot him, but when Jim didn't, he was di- he was bummed out by it, and that's when he released the. Well, clutch. he he does it anyway because he's going to kill. Because yeah, but he, but Ryder he, he, he very much wanted Jim to shoot him. Yeah, but, but again, Halsey Halsey Jim points wouldn't. out that like it didn't matter. Like he would right, shoot yeah, them. Either way, but this is once yeah. again th- what this is the continuation of John Ryder's game. He's like, yeah. how far are you willing to go to save yourself from me? Will will you sacrifice her? To make sure to, to put a bullet in me, you're gonna sacrifice her, but you're gonna be safe. I I will never be able to get to you once once you blow my head off. Right. And I think that's all it is. Just that sick game that he's playing with him, because he knows like she's dead no matter what. Yeah. Ugh. It's just oh, it's horrible because, and they they apparently like this is one of those things that they wanted to show like they wanted to Oof. show the violence of her being torn apart. Jesus. Some people say that this is reason this is one of the reasons why this movie didn't do so well because they refused to show a lot of the violence that's in this movie. Um and dude, and rightfully so cuz I couldn't imagine how much more violent it would have it was violent and they didn't really show anything. Oh no, right? that's a it's, good point. This movie does a great job of going with that that old filmmaking style of saying, "Look, I'm not going to show you everything. I'm going to let your mind make up what happened." So yeah. with the guy in the VW bug, you know, John Ryder describes to Jim Halsey, like I took his head off, I took his arm off, I took his leg off, and I'm gonna do the same to you. Like mm-hmm. so so all you know is, God, that must have been just awful if we would have seen inside that VW bug. And then oh, for sure. all you saw was the dripping blood from the station wagon. So you're like, Jesus, what did he do to them? A whole family in minutes. Yes. So yeah, yeah I think this this movie does a lot of 
does a lot of good work. The director made the right choice, in my opinion, to right. not show us that, but let us kind of imagine. Because all you get is that scream, like the truck revving up, the scream, the yeah. truck moving, and then it just kind of fades out, and you're just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Oof. And you think that would be the end of the movie. Like, no. Nope. no, there's a bit more. So after... You know, after what happens with Nash and all that, uh, Ryder is then arrested by a lot of cops, which is right to do because there could have been about a thousand of them and Mm -hmm. he might have still been able to get away. So as the sheriff is giving Jim a ride, Jim, he gets it in his head. He he finally the the switch finally flips and he's like, I'm the only one who could deal with this prick. You know, we we got to go after him. So he then. uh he takes the cop's gun and it takes his truck, right? Yep. And it, uh, and then he goes to chase down the, the, the prison bus. Because yes, and, because and, they've 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 looked him up and they're like, we can't find no records about this guy. Which once again, oh yeah yeah, is yeah. he a spirit? Is he like just the embodiment of evil or just a human? Because yeah, yeah they like, can't find any record of the guy. No, no fingerprints, right. no nothing. Yep. He's just like, he's just that per. He's just evil. He's That's just, just roaming roaming the countryside. Yeah, and. Uh, so Jim is pulling up on the bus with the intention of making them pull over because he's you know he's gonna take care of Ryder. But meanwhile, uh, Ryder, being the, the sly boots that he is, he's already got his own plans in mind to take over the bus and murder all these cops. So uh, which they don't explain here, which kind of infuriates yeah. me because like they at no time did they show him like uh, you know able to you know, find a piece of a pen or something to unlock his cuffs. You know, like in Silence of the Lambs, like they set it up, right. you know, the doctor leaves his pen out there, forgets about it. And it, and you, you even as the viewer forget about it until 30 minutes later in the movie when it's like, Oh shit, there's that pen right. piece and he gets away. Yeah. They don't set this up in this movie. Like somehow he just like picks his cuffs. Yep. And then and just, overtakes just right out of him. Yeah. yeah three and, cops. And this leads to one of my favorite scenes, I think in all of cinema is that as, <laughs> Jim is pulling up on the bus like it, right it's very it. high speed. Yeah. yeah, he's you know the, the the tension is really building. I don't know how much more it could possibly build at this point because <laughs> yes. I'm exhausted, but it's still building. Uh, so Ryder deals with with the three cops that are on the bus, sees Jim and almost gets excited or happy. Yes, about he it. gets a grin so, on his face. Yeah, so Jim rams the back of the bus, and Rucker Howard, being you know super murderer that he is, John Ryder leaps out of the crashing <laughs> bus. Head first with, into Jim's speeding windshield. Yes. When the, and it's like nothing. And all he says is, hey, kid. With a shotgun. Yeah, it just basically says howdy. So at which point, you know, uh, Jim slams on the brakes. Ryder goes uh, spilling back out of the truck. He basically, he's daring Jim to run her over and Jim obliges. It <laughs> just fucking yeah, rams blows him. him right over. Yeah. And then uh, Ryder gets one more jump scare after Jim gets out of the truck. And then Jim just blasts him with a shotgun a, a few times yeah in the chest and just in the chest yeah and you get the sense that maybe Rucker Hauer isn't dead like that was always my thought I was like he's not dead but he is dead and as the movie ends Jim literally leans against the, the police truck and just starts smoking a cigarette smoking and a like cigarette. the sun's going down it's very western like a, a, an end to <laughs> right? a western it's very yeah. strange like I like it because I do I <laughs> it's like so strange I like the score at the end it's just like yeah this cathartic moment of like yes oh, I've man. defeated evil I've over come all and yeah what's what's next in my my life it's a wild movie dude i have never seen anything quite like it to where it's just it, i can't describe it like it's it's not 
it's not a movie I wouldn't watch again because I'm almost positive it's gonna make its way into my yes. yearly like Halloween rotation because it it is entertaining. But man, I I haven't seen a movie quite like it. I don't think. No, no, I I I I'm with you. I thoroughly enjoyed this. It. Because, like you said, it didn't stop. It just ratchets, no. it, ratchets, ratchets, ratchets up the tension and just yeah. gets bigger and bigger and doesn't give you a chance to breathe. Which, normally no. in movie making, I would say this is kind of a big no-no. You've, you've got to have some comedy in there. You've got to have some release for the for the audience before the final blow. This oh movie God. just like throws that out the window and just says, I'm just going to keep going and going until One the joke. very end. One or two jokes in this. I, I would have been so happy, but holy shit, yeah. man. There's, it feels like, yeah, there's no release in this thing. Yeah, for a 90-minute no. movie, too. I mean, it's not like yeah. it's one of those, like, 85, 75-minute movies, you know, no. that, that you'd go with, like a canon film, like, where you're just like, okay, yeah, I can do this. No. I mean, let me ask you this, too, because we didn't we didn't talk about this when we were talking about the characters. Uh-huh. Could you see any other character besides Rutger Hauer playing John Ryder? Because let, let me give you a list of character, of, of actors, who they really wanted for this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, originally, the way this was written, and it's also kind of fascinating, the screenplay was written. The the, the, the writer was actually doing the same kind of thing that uh, Jim Halsey's doing. He was actually ri- driving somebody's car uh, from the East Coast to California. And while he was driving, he was listening to The Doors, Riders in the Storm. And, Love that song. And, yeah, and he said that's where he got the idea for this whole thing because, the, uh, like, I guess I've never really listened to the lyrics of that song, but apparently that, that song's about a killer, but like he's, yeah, he's, it is. Yeah. So he's, he's kind of, you know, getting that idea while he's lo- driving on this lonely road of like, what would happen if there was a killer out here, you know, that I picked up. But anyway, the way, the way the character's written is supposed to be very uh, bony and skeletal, you know, so he's more very demon like almost. Really? So some of the character, some of the people that they initially really wanted to play writer. Yeah. Get this one. David Bowie, <laughs> Ooh, Sting. What? But but the one that the uh, the the people really wanted to get, and this this just blows me away. Terrence Stamp, Zod Ooh, himself. Zod. Yes, dude, that might have been okay. Sam Elliott was also another one who apparently was 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 considered for that role. Yeah, but, but you know he's too busy making those beef commercials. Yes. Yeah. But that said, no by that. that said, would this movie be different if any of those actors were in this movie? I mean, I, I can't even now like tr- try to go back and watch the movie and try to imagine another character besides Rutger Hauer playing John Ryder. Yeah, that's a hell of a good point, man. I think Terrence Stamp would have been a different kind of movie. They would have had to ratchet down yeah. the, the intensity a bit and make it more of a slow burn, kind of like methodical, like you know, Hannibal Lecter sort of game. But yeah. no, for the movie being what it is, Rucker Howard is the only person who could have done that. Yeah. Well, this this will say a lot about Terrence Stamp. He read the script and said, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> so, Did he really? Yeah, he flat out refused. Oh, man. Yeah, says a lot. That's uh, a shame. I mean, I, I can't expect that. I mean, I, I, Zod, you know, that's what he is. And, you know, he's Chancellor... Chancellor of Lorem and everything else, so. But this movie came out, what, in the mid-80s? Like, yeah, 1986. Yeah, but I mean, not for nothing. But how good were the movies coming out back then? Like, I'm sure like he's made comparable films. He's yeah. He he was a regular working actor. I remember him in a movie called Legal Eagles. It was like 1985 with Robert Redford. Um, I know he was in other things too. Yeah. But yeah, this this movie though, I 
I would recommend it to anybody out there. I would say, look, if you haven't seen it, like we hadn't, do yourself a favor and watch it because it is a lot of fun. Like I said, you won't be bored with this movie. There's a lot of like crappy horror films from the 80s that, you know, all wanted to be like Friday the 13th, Halloween, all those things and just failed miserably. This is not one of them. I, I would say that this is definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it. I'm surprised it does have more of a of a cult following too. Well, it. I think it does. It developed a cult following when it came on home oh, video. So, because yeah, the, apparently this movie made it lost all of everything. You know, when it came out in theaters, like the the yeah. reviews were just terrible. Siskel and Ebert hated it. Uh, Not surprised. You know, like the New York Times and other newspapers just said this is this is the dumbest thing we've ever seen. It's terribly shot. <laughs> you know, what is this garbage? But yeah, once it came out in home theater and people saw that 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 all or that artwork on it. I think people just started watching it and started enjoying it. So, and count me in now. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of it. Yeah. I'll, uh, yeah, I, it was very entertaining. Like I, I don't know. Like I just, I had a lot of fun watching. I don't know. Like I discovered something about that. Like they made a sequel. Oh God. Yes. I've seen that. I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen uh, clips of it and I've read some reviews of it. Okay. You don't want to watch that, right? No, it, it, it's returning. It's returning to see Thomas Howell as Jim yes. Halsey, uh, but it's not okay. The Hitcher this time around has taken a bit of a turn as far as who's playing the Hitcher. This time it's yes. not Rucker Howard. Yeah, it is I can't wait. Jake Busey. Yes, Jake Busey of any. Yeah, how does that work, man? Because he, I don't know, just man. hamming it up on the screen. But there's no way he could match what Rucker Howard. It's just no. Ah. The reviews I read was that yeah, it's all it's all just kind of a lot more action and some violence, How but could it be more? but it's all it's all real hammy, you know, and it's just oh, it's really? more comical than than you really get any suspense out of it. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, because see, Thomas Howell, apparently his character comes back. He's he's now a police officer, but he's suffering from PTSD. And why would he become a cop? He was yes, he great was question. Like every cop he ever encountered. Great question, right? <laughs> but yeah. And then apparently they made they made a movie, they made like a complete remake after that, and that, oh, really? that's the one with Sean Bean in it. And uh, was he the Hitcher? He, he was the Hitcher. Yeah, Sean Bean is oh. the Hitcher. And then, uh, except now our protagonist is a a man and a woman driving across country, and oh. they're accosted by Sean Bean. It's it's more of like um, from what I've read, I haven't seen it, but it, uh, from what I've been told, it's more like. Uh, that 1998 Psycho remake, where, where, where that Psycho remake they made a shot-for-shot shot remake of the original 1963 classic. Oh yeah, the one. Yeah, yeah, the one with Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn, yes. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of like that. They did a lot of the lot of the same kind of things going on in that film. Just with two lead one. characters yes. in the car with yeah. with Ryder instead of. Huh. Once again, that's that's not one I'm ever going to seek out to watch. I just not going to. Yeah, do I don't think I'll watch that either. I mean, I like Sean Bean and all, but I don't really recognize. Not enough to, because so. once again, I don't think anybody could top what Rutger Howard does in this film. He's the no. reason to watch this, and I'll even say it too, because I'm not a big C. Thomas Howell fan. I've seen a lot of crap that he's done. He is, but, not a lot but he's kind of entertaining in this film. Like apparently, he jumped jumped right at the script. He read it and he's like, "I want to try this. Like I would like to jump into horror and just give this a shot." Because before this, he was in Red Dawn. Um, like he would go on to do like Soul Man and all our like, just garbage, you know that 
that he ended up doing. Like, but he was in well, the yeah, Outsiders. Red, yeah, and, Red Dawn, Tank, Secret Admirer. Oh, Tank! Yeah, he was in Tank too. He yeah, had a hot right. run in there in the in the early eighties. Yeah. Like a... Outsiders is where, where I really remember him from. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like he he jumped at the shot at this, and I, I think he was pretty good in this film. I don't think he was too bad. No, he. Uh, they cast it well because, like, all the actors, like all the main actors in it, like you know, even Jennifer Jason Lee, like they're all they're all very capable, talented people, and I think it helped carry. It, it, it helped cover up like, a lot of the, a lot of the more questionable parts of the movie to where if some of the dialogue wouldn't have, or scenes wouldn't have been as good as they were if they didn't have such a talented cast, you I agree. know, uh, carrying it out. I agree, and. You know, say what you will about the movie and stuff like that. I think it's well directed too. The director wasn't really well known, you know, at the time, Robert Harmon. But I, I think he did a great job. He he hadn't done a whole lot up till this point. And has he done anything since? Uh, really he has like done a couple of other movies that I have seen, uh, but he, not a lot. He's not a big working direct director. Um, and interesting. My I can't get his uh, list up here, so. <laughs> we'll just go with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a. Uh, it was good. It, it, it surprisingly wasn't the worst horror movie I, I watched. Like even like this holiday season, like this Halloween season at all. Yeah, we've been we've been uh, consuming a lot of horror here that we didn't even get to talk about. Uh, yeah, on this and we'll, I mean, we'll even talk more. But only because most of it was like maybe we could do like a wrap up where we we we, we kind of mentioned all the ones that. We didn't really like we we watched, but it wasn't really enough to carry full out like a like a whole on review for. I'm all for that because I am I I have watched a few of them that I wish we would have talked about instead of, or watched instead of watching some other stuff. Yeah, that's fair. And you know, <laughs> to be fair, like a couple of those run me. I, I own that. Well, you know, it's a team effort, man. So. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, hey, speaking of uh, everybody, we're uh, the holiday season are coming up, and so we're uh, we're looking for some Halloween and Christmas movies or movies of Thanksgiving of that, and, uh, and Christmas movies. Yeah, of that same sort of genre. Like, so what do you guys always watch during this time of year? If you could uh, reach out to us, and let us know uh, at uh, adamsnerds.com. We have links there to all our socials, and we even have a contact page. You can drop us a line or whatever, and tell us what you're watching this holiday season, or then anything you want us to watch. Go ahead. Yeah, and let us any know. request that you would have. Um, because I I'm I'm always I'm just curious what other people we watch a lot of crappy movies and I, I mean I I know you you watch we way more than I do like I'm I curious do. what our listeners are listen are watching because and I I would I would love to see some suggestions out there because I'm just because I I will I will watch anything and I would sure. I would love to talk about anything that you guys want us to talk about too I you know. try to stay away from the Franco brothers you know <laughs> yeah. just putting that out there not your favorite huh. Not my favorite. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So we know we know where your limits are. We do. We do. <laughs> oh man. So, uh, is there anything fun coming up this week you're looking forward to watch, like on, on TV? Uh, well, so I I I've been as we said we were we were going through some horror films and mm-hmm. um, one that I I do recommend that you watch because I I hadn't gone back and seen this in a long time so so I, I recommend that you watch this go back and watch the 1978 version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers um, I've never seen that one if you've never oh then you are you are in for such a treat man like I saw this when I was I was a kid and I I just vaguely remember a lot of like like some parts of it when I went back uh-huh. and really watched it this time I was like holy shit this is a really well made film. Very suspenseful, very creepy. You will love it. It's available to Not stream right now. Oh, right. Oh, so 
How many times did they make this fucking So there, movie? there's been several incarnations of this. So the 1956 oh. one is the original. It's it's uh it's originates all from a novel that came out in the 50s called uh, The Body Snatchers. And okay. uh yeah, 1950. I haven't seen the 1956 one. I want to go back and watch it cuz I've heard that's that's a pretty good one if you like classic horror. Um but this 1978 one is the one that's kind of regarded as the best version that they made of it. That is a solid cast. Donald Sutherland, oh, Leonard Nimoy, Jeff Goldblum. It's, wow. It's really good, man. It's I, I was so surprised because yeah, as when you watch it as a kid, you don't get you don't really appreciate, you know, the cast and just like yeah. and Ooh, some Veronica of the stuff. Cartwright too. Veronica yeah. Cartwright. Yes. Yeah, from Aliens. Or Alien, yeah. I should say. Yes. As a kid, you don't recognize that stuff, but I'm telling you, once you watch that one, you're gonna you're gonna just watch all the way through and you're gonna be just a little freaked out. I mean, it's it's really good. I, I highly recommend it. So yeah, I've watched that. And then as far as stuff coming up, um, yeah, we're going to get into the Thanksgiving season. So I know that train planes, trains and automobile is definitely going to be on my list of things to, to watch as I go. Um, yeah. you know, Christmas vacation think- is going to have to show up there somewhere. I'm gonna have a hard time holding off on Die Hard this year. I don't know. There's just, oh, it's just well, I'm in the mood to, to start getting my. As we were talking about William William Sadler, so you might make it a, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. double feature because you get to you know you get to see William Sadler you know doing naked Tai Chi in yeah. Die Hard too. So it was weird going from that to seeing him play Death in uh, the second Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted, yeah, the guy, yeah. the guy where I love, I, I absolutely love William Sadler. I think he plays where because he's got comic chops. He's got like. I can play bad guy. Um, He can play just, you know, your friendly neighborhood, you know, neighbor kind of guy. I don't know. He's, he's got range. He's just a really entertaining actor. So anything he's in, I'll watch. He's even a former president in the Marvel universe. Oh God, that's right. He was. Jesus, man. Yeah. Yeah. God bless him. He's great. I love him. Oh, the place, right? Yeah. I might have to go back and watch. Uh, oh, he, he actually he popped up in the new Bill and Ted movie too. They did uh, oh, like two years well, ago. I haven't watched that one yet. So, but he, he played Death yeah, again. Yeah, you could probably go ahead and skip that one. I think it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe one day if you just happen to see it, and it's like you get bored. And you're like, okay, yeah. But... Maybe yeah, but I think I'm gonna watch Body Snatchers tonight. Oh, I uh, I, I can't wait to get your opinion on that. Uh, next next show we could just do a quick discussion of it. We don't even have to yeah. go into, into depth on it. I just want to hear your thoughts on it because totally. it's definitely worth the watch. You're gonna love it. All right, everybody, let's get out of here. We got a lot of shit to watch and maybe even more. If you give us a few suggestions, we look forward to it. On behalf of Brian and Mary, we'll talk to you guys later. Peace. One does not simply walk into Mordor, dig it.